You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered, and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. What did they say? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and it's always sort of the bafflement of how do you relate to your spouse, whether you're the woman or the man. It's sort of like men are sort of wired one way and women are sort of wired another way, and we're always trying to figure out, you know, you always hear these guys, I'll never have women understood. Well, you know, for women it's sort of the same comment, you know. <laughs> I don't, you know, I sit here listening to guys have these, you know, on and on and on and on analytical conversations about who was the quarterback and I, I just, every time I scratch my head and I go, why does that matter? And Keith over here saying, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> So we have invited a guest today who's done two wonderful books uh, on how to help men relate better to women and women relate better to men. Understand each other. Yes, to understand each other. So the books are called For Women Only and For Men Only by Shanti Feldhun. Would you please welcome to the show, Shanti. How are you doing this evening? It is good to be with you. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Glad to have you. So, yeah, I'm glad to be with you. So tell me what happens from the man's point of view and the woman's point of view. Man's had a hard day at work, comes home and just wants to be left alone for about a half hour or so, <laughs> and the woman's having a, a hard time feeling like she's rejected. What's his problem? Oh, man, how, how many times have we seen that? <laughs> That's dynamic in real life. You know, the thing that I, I find so fascinating, honestly, about this whole um, road that I've been on the last yes. few years of, yep. of learning about these things is that these really are such common situations that we've all been in. And usually we look at, like I as a wife, we'll look at my husband and go, he doesn't care about me. You yeah. know, and, yeah. and he's, he, my husband is probably thinking about the same thing about me if I try to bug him, you know, when he just wants a few minutes to unwind. Right. And it's so interesting that really, understandably, we're so different, but we kind of look at the other person as if they should be responding and thinking about things the same way we are. And what I realized as I started the research for these books, as just sort of an average wife, you know, an average mom, I'm an analyst by training, but I'm not a marriage therapist, is there is so much underneath the surface that's going on in the other person's heart that we just don't get. We are different species. We really are. Yeah, you know, like the husband is saying, if you could just give me a few minutes to unwind, I would love to be with you. Whereas the wife is saying, but I've been waiting all day for you to come home. (laughs) Yeah, and and we each sort of we each sort of put on that other person these things that we we expect them to be thinking, and you know what? It's just not true. (laughs) (laughs) Half the time. You know, I mean, like, I, can, I can't I can tell you the sheer number of times that I have turned to my husband with this sort of dreamy, you know, look on my face and said, honey, you know, what are you thinking right now? And he'll say, 
nothing. And, I'll say, and I'm thinking to myself, no, really? Why are you trying to hide something from me? You're not going to be driving in the car. No, no, no. Tell me, the, tell me the truth now. I know there's something no, else there. No. Here's what Keith, Keith usually says. I say, whatever you're thinking. And he says, you don't want to know. And I've learned. You're right. I don't because I used to pry it out of them, and then I go, "You're right. I didn't want to know." <laughs> she goes, "Why did I do that?" Well, let me tell you how funny it was once I actually started doing again. You know, all this research on how men are thinking, for example, and realized that half the time that's an accurate statement. You know, my husband when he says nothing, he's actually thinking nothing. Yeah, it's like the screensaver is up. But <laughs> The screensaver is up and nobody to save. Yeah, and and that is a completely unfathomable thought for the average female. Oh, that's true. It's totally different. There is no time that there's nothing going on. Yeah, we never have a screensaver up. It's just busy all the time. That's really something. See, now Keith has all sorts of little jokes to amuse himself running around in his head. Really, you don't want to hear them. Yeah, probably. (laughs) A a few. (laughs) Probably. Well, that's very, very interesting. That That's like, um, you know, our brains are all this busy chatting and their brains are resting, basically. Well, quite often. I mean, the Isn't difference, honestly, what I learned is sort of in two pieces. It's It started out with me stumbling over this stuff, which I can explain in a minute if you want, how I sort of got into this. But once I started talking to, for example, men about things that they were thinking that I had no idea, you know, as a yes. woman, and they were kind of, they were really important things that I was hearing from them that normally I don't think we women get. But I didn't know why. You know, I, I could hear these things over and over. I'm like, okay, I guess this is true. And then I yeah. eventually did this big analytical project and did a big national survey of men, a big expensive scientific national survey mm-hmm. to try to test some of this and see whether it was. How, how many? I, how many men? Over 1,500 men provided okay. input for the book, including two scientific professional national surveys so and they were very well done i mean the company that did them is a one of the top three companies in the world for this sort of thing their name is decision analyst and they charge a boatload of money but i get at the end of it a nationally representative sample and um, and i can you know i can be very sure that the answers that i'm getting are very representative okay one second you're listening to mastering ourselves with keith and Charmaine amber your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions don't forget to catch us monday through saturday 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern right here on crn our guest today shanti feldhan feldhan and she's written both books for women only and for men only great books so I have three books here, and I'm going to read all three of them. I really loved it. I've read one and a half of them. Okay. They're for men only, for women only, and for parents only. Yeah. And I love your insights, and I just want to say, you know, I've counseled a lot of people in marriage and children and families and relationships and stuff. I highly recommend these books, for men only, for women only, for, uh, for parents only, by Shanti Feldhahn. Yeah, and it's S H A U N T I F E L D H A H N. You have an unusual spelling that must challenge you from time to time. Probably just like you, Charme. Yeah, you got that right <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how did you stumble on doing this? 
you know, this is one of these things that came so out of left field, but I just know I was meant to do this, you know? I That's mean, it, it's yeah. Probably the way you guys feel about your, your radio. You're right. Program. Yep. Yep. It, 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 it started with the research for my last novel. I was, it was not something I was anticipating at all. And one of my characters in my novel was a man. You know, he was sort of a good, decent, good-hearted, you know, husband and father. And as a woman, you really realize how little you know about how men think when you have to write their thoughts. I mean, think oh, about it for a second. Yeah. It's a novel, right? I yeah. can't just say what this character was doing. I had yes. to say what he was thinking. Got to get yes. inside his head. Right. Inside his head. And I realized I had no idea what this guy would be yes. thinking. And so originally, it just started with me interviewing a bunch of guys. And, you know, I'd sit down with, you know, we'd go out to dinner with another couple, my husband and I, and I'd kind of tackle the other guy. And I'd say, you know, can I interview you? And here's the scene in this book. What would you as a man be thinking in this situation? And often I found myself totally shocked. And often his wife found herself totally shocked at, at what these guys started sharing when they had this sort of safety of being right. able to say, well, it wasn't them, see, it was yeah. the character. Like it, like it or not, huh? Yeah, exactly. And it was so, the thing that was so eye-opening to me as I started doing more and more and more of these interviews, because I realized there was so much there that I hadn't realized before, is that these things were so surprising to me as a woman and to many other women, but they're also really foundational. These are not often a corner, you know, once every couple of months kind of things. These were like daily issues that were big relationship wreckers, honestly, if we didn't understand them or relationship establishers if we did. And I thought, how come I've been married at that point 10 years and how come I've never heard this before? <laughs> and so that's, really what started me realizing I had to go way beyond just creating a character in a novel. And because I am an analyst by background, I worked on Wall Street, I've worked on Capitol Hill, I have this analytical training, a master's degree in this. And so I use that same sort of skill set mm -hmm. to what makes large Japanese banks tick to what makes men tick. <laughs> right on. Isn't and, it and that's how they happen. Isn't it amazing the the nudges that get us onto our destiny? Amazing. Absolutely Truly. wonderful. Yeah. Pe people that go, well, what am I supposed to do? Honey, if you just keep doing each day to the best of your ability, you will find your destiny. It'll, it'll come. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've often felt truly it's one of those things and probably like you guys see every day, there's, there's an old, there's a, a wonderful old workbook that really helped nudge me right at the very beginning called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And one of the things he says that I thought was wonderful is that, you know, don't try to figure out how everything's going to happen down That's the road. Right. Just do the next step. That's right. You mm -hmm. know, and watch and see what doors open. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, and you'll wait, you'll see whether something bigger than you unfolds. It's just yes. really fascinating. Yes. God is, God is amazing. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Shanti Feldhahn, author of For Women Only, For Men Only. So Shanti, Guys are supposed to be like tough and handled and in control. <laughs> are there any cracks in that? Yeah, that was one of the biggest surprises to me personally, honestly. I, 
I truly did not realize that underneath that really kind of confident, I got it all under control kind of exterior, I did not know that so many men carry around this very vulnerable feeling like, I'm I'm really not sure I know exactly what I'm doing, and I hope nobody finds out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, that's awful to live with all the time. Well, that's what I thought. I mean, I, I, I wow. thought, wait a minute. You know, we especially, ah, oh, think about it, Charmaine. We women, we look at the surface, and we think, you know, he looks so confident in himself. You know what? He may look a little too confident in himself and need to be taken down a peg or two. Right. And instead... Underneath that is a guy who's feeling very vulnerable and has a lot of self-doubt. And it's combined, obviously, with a you know desire for adventure and you know wanting to try to tackle things and wanting to try to figure it out, but also risking this really humiliating tumble with everybody watching. And so wanting desperately to have his wife feel like, to feel like his wife is there to support him and back him up and add a boy and... You know, I'm there for you, and, you know, okay, you messed that up, but you're going to get it right the next time. And, and to, to let him be vulnerable rather than assuming that he doesn't have it. And that is something that I realize so many of us women just miss entirely. And honestly, we want nothing more than our husband or our boyfriend to be vulnerable with us and to share his innermost thoughts with us. But you know what? If, if we treat him as if we see him on the surface like he's all confident he has right. all together yep, and we, yep. we kind of prick him you know he's gonna keep himself close to us he's learned we're not safe with that right 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 inside. so criticism is not the next direction to go oh boy it, <laughs> it is it is it is something i don't know what you know keith I, I don't know how you feel about this but i've been really very touched, honestly, at the number of men. I mean, again, I, I interviewed and surveyed over 1,500 men for this book. Yeah. And the sheer number of men who said they feel like they go out every day into the boxing ring and it's really lonely and they want nothing. And everybody's watching, you know. Okay, we need to pick this up and after break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, our guest, Shanti Feldhan. For women only, for men only. We've got more when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. And our guest today, Shanti Feldhahn, author of For Women Only, For Men Only. So these testosterone-tough, handled, in-control, poised men who, <laughs> who go out and survive out in the jungle every day they also have a little vulnerable boy underneath who could use uh, some encouragement. Very much so. And I, I, and I honestly think that that should be good news to the women out there. It may be a surprise oftentimes, but I think it's a good news because it really means we've got a lot more ability to connect with them than we realize once we realize how to approach them with a heart of affirmation instead of criticism. Or instead of many of us, would never want to think that we're criticizing them, but that is often what they're hearing. And actually what's true is men have the tough and the soft, as do women. Yeah. It's the same thing. They have the the softer, but they also have the tough. And actually men and women kind of share both of those. They just have them a little greater percentage in one over the other. And And the thing that I have been really um, impressed by as I have sort of 
studied all these different sort of groups of people and seen, you know, across the board, really, regardless of demographic differences, how many men are alike and how many women are alike in some of these areas, is that truly it really does seem that we are wired this way. I mean, there, there certainly have got to be cultural yeah. differences in some areas, you know, obviously. But when you see, regardless of race, regardless of age, regardless of socio, sort of economic, you know, where they are in life, and they all the men are tending to answer the same way, you kind of go, huh. It's interesting. It isn't just a plumbing difference. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> there's, there's something else going on under there. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And and I think honestly, to me, it is in our best interest. There's some women who have a hard time sort of really accepting that and, and they kinda of want to push back against that and I totally understand that reaction. But what I've seen, at least for myself in my marriage, and now with the thousands of other people, you know, that I've spoken to around the country, is that if you accept those differences and sort of look for ways that you can work with them rather than wishing they didn't exist. <laughs> it's in our best interest. It really yes. is. Yeah. I mean, wishing they're going to go away doesn't make them go away. No. And, no. You know, and, and to me, I, I don't know about you guys, I was stunned when I learned some of these things that I didn't know about my husband and he learned things he didn't know about me to realize the sheer number of times that I was completely, for example, Tearing him down without any intention of right. doing that. No but idea. He was hearing things I didn't intend, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. So, I believe we have like an animal self, a lust self, and the ego self, and we need to respect that we have them, and uh, they have desires and needs. At the same time, we need to seek to tame them within reason. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, certainly, obviously, you don't want to go trampling all over the other person, I would hope, you know. Well, yeah, you know, like, uh, say, my ego, I need to I need to corral that. Or I have an animal side. It, it shouldn't just have carte blanche rule because I have it. I need to understand it, and, you know, if it, if it has a strong enough need, I need to get it balanced somehow. But, you know, by and large, I want to be more in control and in balance within myself yeah. and... You know, it's the truth that sets us free. So if we're not getting some some of this right, we're going to still have strong compulsions or off balance that uh, go further off balance. So it's a real walk of examining the truth. And I think you've done a lot with your books and information. I really in, enjoy what you're saying to help us understand. Um, y- you know, like um, uh, let's see. Uh, I want to watch football games for for me, I you know f- uh-huh. sports and stuff, and yet for me, uh, the um, chaos is so strong that I don't want to watch the football game. So as I cultivate myself and try to get further in life, I, I listen to the scores more at a distance and spend less time with it because of such a strong downside of the chaos. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like you're, well, as you grow as a person and sort of figure out right. what is healthy for you and what isn't. So that's know? my animal side that I've had to go, you know, you can't have as much of that because it destroys your fineness that you're striving for. So there's both sides of that, is all I'm saying. 
Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. We're privileged today to have Shanti Feldhahn. She's written the book for women only, for men only, and also for parents only. Great stuff. When we come back, we're going to get more of her insights on how you can be a better spouse and a better parent. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Shanti Feldhahn, author of For Women Only, For Men Only. So men seem to um, need to have sincere, genuine love making. I mean, if they're married and they're, they care about their marriage. And if they don't get that, what happens? I mean, they can have a lot of sex, but if they don't get that genuine, I love you, I adore you, I care for you, what happens? Well, actually, what happens is a very, sort of an emotional ramification that I never realized would be there. Um, we women think of physical intimacy in our marriages as being primarily a physical need for our husband, honestly. I mean, that's sort of the category we put it in that's many right. times. And, and instead, when I was asking the men, you know, what's sort of the importance of this in your life, what I heard from the men had really nothing to do with the physical. I kept hearing this huge emotional need to be desired by their wife. And if they, if they didn't feel desired by their wife, well, basically, here's what it is. If they did feel desired by the wife, it gave them this sense of confidence and a, sort of a sense of well-being in every other area of their life. It really does that, and, yeah. Yeah, and if they didn't, as as you can imagine, the reverse was true. It gave them sort of a, a sense of almost depression and yep. a lack of well-being in every other area of their life. Yeah, I'm on top of the world or I'm uh, yeah. pretty much a failure. Yeah, it, it was so eye-opening. Isn't that I something? Kept, I kept hearing these comments from, from men, very, very representative comments. Like one guy spoke, I must have heard this 20 times within a two-month period, where a random guy that I was, you know, interviewing, and I did a lot of men on the street type interviews, yep, or, yep. you know, the guy sitting next to me on the plane for, for two hours who was trapped. <laughs> he was stuck. No, trapped. He's trapped. <laughs> I would hear things like, you know, I don't think my wife understands that what happens the night before in the bedroom absolutely impacts how I feel about myself the next day at the office. Mm-hmm. And I, and that blew my mind. I It was true. I, I, I don't think many women realize it. We think of, because we think of it as a physical need, and we kind of put it in that category, you think, well, you know what, I've got small children, and when you've been pulled on by little hands all day, right. sleep seems like a physical need too. Right. But, you know... I, I had never realized what an enormous emotional well that this would fill in my husband's heart and really sort of bolster him in every other area. Yeah. So women's sex drives generally aren't as strong as men's. They can love them. Does the, the man, if the woman's sex drive is less, he takes it personal a lot of times, but actually the woman does not desire him less, she desires him different. Yeah, th- this was this was a fascinating, honestly, this was to me, from a research project standpoint, yeah, yeah. one of the real fascinating issues, because I, I had not realized, again, on the, even on the women's side, even though I am one, 
I hadn't ever really known many of the clinical differences had so much to do with the emotional difference. Yeah. And, and really, men think that if it's not happening, it's because their wife doesn't find them desirable. They think that's the only answer, that that, you know, they kind of look honestly, I think, influenced by Hollywood maybe, like, you know, if I was enough of a stud, she wouldn't be tired. <laughs> You know, right. yeah, she would yeah. be able to keep her hands, some, hands off me. Some magical thing. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and instead, when we asked the women on the survey what who said that they tended to want less sex than their husbands, what were the reasons why? Only 4% of the women said it was because he was unattractive or desirable to them. And 96% said something else. And the vast majority of that something else, well, it really fell into two categories, but the biggest one by far was the physiological differences between men and women where women truly, we, we have a different type of desire mostly than men do. There's actually two different types of desire. There's something called assertive desire, which tends to want to pursue sex and to initiate and to think about it all the time and be ready at a moment's notice. Yeah. Guess who tends to have assertive desire? You know, it tends to be tied to testosterone. Yeah. But there's a different type altogether, and it's called receptive desire. And it tends to be tied to estrogen. And someone with receptive desire is just as willing, just as interested, enjoys it just as much when it's happening, but doesn't have as much of a desire to pursue it or initiate it, doesn't think about it all the time, and right. isn't ready at a moment's notice. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, once men know... It's not about whether you're desirable or not. They can take their ego out of it right. yes. and, and learn how to approach their wife in a way that someone with receptive desire needs to be approached. It changes everything. Yes. Yes, it's a huge difference. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Shanti Feldhahn, author of For Women Only, For Men Only. You know, on my particular path, I've had it where I haven't had much sex in my life and I had to get over my personal reaction and had to learn to sort of keep myself balanced so I was in unconditional well-being. Oh, interesting. Which is is a very advanced difficult thing to do and I'm I'm uh you know I've gotten quite a ways on it. Once you get into unconditional well-being then anything that's right for you starts coming to you so you know I've gone that a long route. I stopped blaming the woman or all that kind of stuff, stopped having her feelings, and now it's coming after me. It's like it's it's working just fine. But I, for my particular path, I had to get to where I wasn't owned or blaming or hurt or wounded, but I could be whole and take care of being whole and balanced, communicated out, and uh, so that was my particular path on this. So I just want to have people realize... We're not necessarily typecast into mm-hmm. a certain uh, certain stuck place. We can work in numerous ways to, and I, I would have to say, communication is one of the first things, and mutual respect and mutual maturity go a long way towards making a lasting marriage. Yeah, the, I mean, the issue, honestly, to me, in addition to, to mutual respect and mutual maturity, honestly, is the right information, is the right knowledge. You bet. 
you know, it's, it's, there's an old proverb um, in the book of Proverbs in the Hebrew Bible that, that says in Proverbs 24, actually, where it says, you know, by wisdom a house is built, by understanding it's established, and by knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and precious treasures. And I realized we so often want, you know, wisdom and understanding. We kind of stop there. <laughs> but yeah. if you think about the way that proverb is sort of building a word picture, it's like you're laying the foundation, you're, you're framing out the building, you're framing out the house, but, you know, it's like drywall is up and the rooms are just bare and echoing. And it's by knowledge, the right information about how the other person is really wired that you get delight around every corner and joy in the bedroom and, you know, fun and happiness instead of conflict and dissension and confusion. Right. And, and I think that that's so critical, in addition to the goodwill toward each other, which I really think a lot of us have. Right. So we have mutual respect, maturity, and right knowledge make a huge difference in this. Yeah. At least that is what I have seen. I, I just... I, I agree I, with you. Yeah. It's like building a house and you've never built one before. That knowledge would have done you a lot of good. <laughs> <laughs> Great way of putting it. So, um, are temptations sin? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Are temptations... You know, we're tempted all the time and in so oh. many ways. Are temptations alone, are they sins? You know what? I don't think so. I don't think the temptations that we face in our life are sin. I, I think one of the perfect examples of this is there's a passage also in the Hebrew Bible in the New Testament that says Jesus was tempted in every way and yet without sin. And and I think that that's an example of the fact that we all have stuff that are thrown at us. Yeah, great example. And we, and, and we can't do anything about what is thrown at us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there are temptations that we live in, in a, a world yeah. that doesn't necessarily conform to you know, what we would think it should be the right kind of way it should be. But so we're going to get stuff thrown at us and we may be tempted. And that's, that is an, an unfortunate, but a reality. But yes. what we choose to do with it, to me, is the big question. So men are generally visual, sexually visual. You get yeah. the right curves, the right look and everything. <laughs> and some part, I call it the animal part. It just wants to look and like, wow. Yeah. And so I, I find in this day and age in our culture that women are egging that on and making it a miserable thing. Yeah. This is one of these things that was, it's one of the chapters in For, for Women Only that, that really led off my understanding of how men are wired. And, you know, the, the subtitle yeah. of each of these books is very actually indicative. Like, For Women Only, it's what you need to know about the inner lives of men. And this is one of the area of the inner life of men that I did not understand at all because I, as a woman, am not wired as visually as most men are. I had no idea that even the most absolutely wonderful, devoted husband couldn't, can't not notice a woman who's dressing in a way that's calling attention to a good figure, that he can't not notice. He can choose not to look and right. stare, and we hope he chooses not to stare. Yeah. But her existence on the planet is noted. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, the animal, the animal. And, and this is something that men, so many men, do not want to be confronted with. Right. And it drives them absolutely nuts because, because of course, they don't want their thoughts going in that direction. They don't want to dishonor their wife. Right. No, they don't. And so, anyway, that's that's just something I think is. Extremely 
extremely important for women to understand. Me too. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is Shanti Feldhahn, who's written the book For Women Only, For Men Only. So it's really important for a man. I mean, it's really good if you have a healthy animal system because it helps your health and robustness and just full of life. However, when this alive animal part of you goes to get so attracted to other women, it's once again part of the character of a man to override the animal uh, and and sort of uh, redirect his focus. Yeah, and that is that is what the the way that it was described to me. Because again, as a woman, I'm just hearing it, you know, from a lot of men. Yeah, is that is that it's like an eye magnet. It's like you know, you drive by a car crash on the freeway. It is. You, you know, it's like yes. a car wreck. You know, Good. everybody's yep. driving That's by. Right. And they're trying not to rubberneck, but you know, whoop, there it goes. Yeah. And 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 the men and the way the men describe it, it's like it, it truly is. That's a great. You know, honestly, I have I hadn't heard the way that you put that before, but. It truly is. There's almost an animal instinct there that the men have to say rigorously, no, I'm going to keep my thought life pure. I'm right. going to not dishonor my wife. Yeah. You know, my beliefs, whatever my beliefs are, that I think are very critical. And But the problem is we women don't understand it. And so we, many women, will dress in a way that makes that problem worse instead of better. That's and right. Irresponsible. Yeah, we do not yep. realize that we are tempting yes. a man who is trying desperately to honor his wife. Yeah, we're not. To do, to do so. Women are not being fair in that at all or well, responsible. I yeah, I think it's totally, in most cases, not all, in most cases it's from total cluelessness because it's, we don't have those same images in our head. We don't understand what is tempted to go on in his head when he sees those images. Yeah. So we don't, it's no big deal. It's a little low-cut top. Who cares, you know? We don't realize for him it's a huge deal. So it's it's cultural, and, and a lot of women don't notice it, and some really use it, I notice. <laughs> but, yeah, there are some. But, you know, I want to get back to this healthy animal. It's better to be a health, have a healthy animal system because then you have good health, but then the healthy animal has more lust, so... Uh, you got to control it more or go out of bounds and, you, you know, it's a foul if you go out of bounds kind of thing. Well, and unfortunately, that's, the, that's one of the big problems today is that, unfortunately, this culture basically has become really like a visual minefield for men. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's the way a lot of people... It really it. Like, is true. It, it's exhausting yeah. you yes. know, how to do this. And, and so, unfortunately, it shouldn't surprise women that some percentage of men will grow weary of that constant struggle and constant vigilance and some of them will have made wrong choices and will have let unfortunately their thought lives get corrupted and then they have to go through a process you know of of really determining that they're going to try to take that you know take every thought captive and trying very hard to bring it back into a good and healthy place but what a waste of energy. We don't understand that. We can just, we can make it worse by, by, you know, condemning a husband who's trying to do that instead of trying to help him. Right. Yeah, what a waste of energy. 
Yeah. That but that women are forcing men to do. You know, for men, that's part of character. For women, yeah, that's you, true. you know, like you say, knowledge is so valuable. You know, get a clue and start um, champ. Be like you say in your book, champion modesty. Yeah. Well, and and to realize it's not. It, there's two reasons for it. It's not just about the men, although you know, have to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Thing, mm-hmm. you know, golden rule. Goodness gracious, girl, you know, put on some clothes if, if you know that now that you know that, you know, that it's really tempting the, right. the wonderful husband at the next desk, you know, change the way you, you dress, but the, uh, for his sake, but also for your sake as a woman. I mean, once you know, I mean, not to, not to be total, you know, go over the top over on the, on your radio program, but once you know that a man is, is really one of the automatic temptations that men have or for their thoughts to go in a sexual direction. That's right. They, and they don't want that, and certainly their wives don't want that. Would you really want the man who you're trying to have a business meeting with to be constantly having to tear those thoughts down as you're talking and presenting the latest figures for the next, you know, 50 yep, years? you're right. No, you don't. No. You want him to be able to concentrate on what you're saying. Yep. Right. And so it's in your best interest, too. Yes. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Shanti Feldhan. She's written three books, For Women Only, For Men Only, and For Parents Only. And other books. Yes, great stuff. We're going to have a few more minutes after break. Stay with us. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. Our guest today is Shanti Feldhahn for women only, for men only. So Shanti, it seems like inherent in men is some kind of need to provide for their wife and family. And in women, there's a some part a need for most of them to be provided for. Yeah, the the key for that is that women don't understand that when men are working so hard to provide and they see them long hours away and that kind of thing, they think, you know, he doesn't love me. And instead, most men are trying so hard to provide in order to say, I love you. That's one of the main things that they're trying to do with that. Yes. And on the, the men's side, what so many men don't realize is that pro- pro- providing security, you know, they all know women need security, mm-hmm. you know, for their wife. They don't realize that to the wife, security isn't primarily financial. That what the woman needs most, and seven out of ten married women said this, is that they need emotional security and closeness far more than anything he could provide. Yeah, obviously the financial security is good. But it, it doesn't hold a candle to knowing that he's always going to be there for me and we're always going to be close. And and it's very hard for men to realize that if she's saying, you know, I'm willing to take cheaper vacations or downsize or whatever yep. so we could be together more, that, that she probably actually means it. So she wants a piece of him more, like more yeah. time and for him to listen to her when she needs to express. Yeah. And maybe cuddle time and that kind of thing. She needs more of that kind of peace from him. And and, in in turn, and that is true, and in turn, women need to understand that part of the providing is a a real internal motivation. They want to go and conquer and 
And it's, it is something that is truly built into them. And so we have to also learn to, that some of that is part of their identity and to appreciate it rather than complain about it. It seems to be that men need to provide for their domain. Uh, that seems to be something that they're wired to do. Yeah, very much so. This was, this was extremely common. And honestly, it was, it was one of these things that they said they would have this burden and compulsion to provide for their wife, even if she made more than enough money right. to provide for the family very nicely. Wow. It didn't change the fact that every man felt like it's his job to provide. You know, I often suspect that a lot of these city gangs and, and a lot of these young boys and men growing up that don't have a way to uh, provide or produce mm. or, or yeah. make life better that throws them into depression and into wayward ways simply because of that factor alone sometimes. I, I, I think, honestly, all the studies totally bear that out. That is exactly what's happening. And honestly, this is one of the things you might be interested to hear, that in the demographics is when we were asking the men, you know, how many of you have this burden and this compulsion to provide for your family, yeah. even if your wife made more than enough, mm-hmm. you know, that it was, I can't remember the numbers exactly, it was like 75-80% of men, but among African-American men, yeah. it was almost 100%. And it and it's so, it just kills me to see that, that a community of people that so deeply needs to feel that they're contributing, right. and that they are providing, and they're building, and it's part of their identity, that that is something that is, is often very difficult to come by. Terrible. And how much more important the wife's response is be able to build that man up in the way he so deeply needs. Yep. Shanti, what's your uh, website? Shanti.com. S-H-A-U-N-T-I.com. Boy, that's smart. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to be like, you know, Oprah, but I feel like ShantiFeldhahn.com would just be a little much. Yeah, it's be too much. Hey, thank you for joining us. Can we have you back? Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure here, too. For women only, for men only, Shanti Feldhan, thank you. You go have a good night and hu- snuggle your hubby. <laughs> Thanks so much, Thank guys. you. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Now, come on, you guys. You can do it. You can. You can do it. Stretch into the better you. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.